Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I'm your host, Deepalm. Follow me on Twitter at Deepalm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guessed it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts for absolutely free 99. And after last week's surprise insanity check drop, I was trying to decide when the next time the record was going to be. It was going to be the day of the Super Bowl, but it was the Super Bowl. And then the day after was Valentine's Day, and I don't like getting stabbed. So recording now on Wednesday, recording now with a co-host, because I did this once by myself. It wasn't very good. It got a little angry. So I decided to bring in one of my best friends so we can have a bit more fun with it. The homie Mike is here. We do NBA Overs together. We talk a lot of NBA stuff together. We're going to talk about a wide variety of things together. But first and foremost, my friend, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's, uh, it's been a minute. It has been a minute on the microphone. I've had you. We, we've seen each other in person, which I think is a huge step in the right direction yeah. as a society. We've been able to see my friends in person. I've seen like a lot of my friends in person lately. It's it's it's, it's kind of nice. I know I probably shouldn't be saying that I'm doing these things. I don't know what the rules are anymore. I'm telling you that I'm in a good mood recording this podcast. And why am I in a good mood, Mike? Because I have hope. And why do I have hope? Because Brian Harson is still employed by the Auburn Tigers now. You're saying to yourself, Mike, who is Brian Harson? And you heard the thing I told you before we started, and you had a lot of questions. I'm here to give you those answers. Brian Harson is the coach at Auburn. So far, so good. Got it. Brian Harson went, I believe, seven and six, six and seven, his first year at Auburn. He had that triple overtime game against Bama. And after losing those five straight games to finish the season, recruiting fell off. You had coaches who were hired leaving immediately, not limited to um, play people leaving for worse jobs and less money. Harson had a previously scheduled vacation. And as he left for vacation, the Auburn powers that be, I would say his bosses, but you're a football coach in Alabama. You don't really have a boss. Um, the, the powers that be at Auburn were starting to wonder why there had been so many departures, including but not limited to the quarterback from last year, Bo Nix, who is the, I believe, nephew or grandson of a former Auburn quarterback. They lost an Auburn legacy great in the transfer portal. So when Harson's on his vacation, Auburn grabs a hundred people, no shit. They said they interviewed over a hundred people on whether or not you should keep your job. Now, Mike, I don't give you a lot of advice. I see us as peers. If not, I learn from you. I'll tell you this though, Mike. If you go on vacation and you hear a rumor that they've interviewed a hundred people, if you should have your job when you get back, just draft that resignation letter on the tarmac. You're done. You're done here. That's what I thought until five days ago. Because five days ago, six days ago now, I guess. Brian Harson not only returned to the States, he went to SEC coaches meeting, made public statements, and left. And then he kept his fucking job. So what I'm saying to you is that Brian Harson is a 1920s bank robber who went to Mexico to fade the heat and came back like nothing ever happened. Or he's very committed to his vacation. Phone off, no communication. Just, you know, enjoys time with his family. I would love to think that, but he was, like, calling people and, like, refuting reports. He was responding, but he was not cutting his vacation short, which I, for one, 
kind of come in. Not gonna lie. I mean, I kind of want to be mad at him, but I really can't find anything about this that upsets me from his from his. Like uh, eighteen players transferred after the season. That's apparently that's fine. Derek Mason, defensive coordinator, took a four hundred thousand pay dollar pay cut to go coach for OAN's favorite listener, Mike Gundy, in Oklahoma State. Derek Look, I mean, very this is the uh, personification of that uh, meme in the room on fire. I mean, clearly. Two, two days before signing period, before February 2nd signing day, the replacement for Mike Bobo, the former offensive coordinator, Austin Davis, resigned for personal reasons. They interviewed people who left the program, and he kept it down. But how long into the season do you think he'll have this job? But that's the thing. I was like, now, so this has happened once before. So Les Miles was on the brink of being fired at LSU. He won some games on the stretch. The fans rallied around him. They fired him four games in the next season, costing themselves a bunch of money and wasting a lot of time. This wasn't the fans. The fans were fairly split on this. Lee Hunter, who transferred from Auburn to UCF in the offseason, he posted on Instagram during the interview. While this is all going on, a former player who left to a lesser program, put on Instagram, Coach Harson is the true mindset for a winner, but has a terrible mindset as a person. The reason I chose to leave Auburn is because we treated like he wasn't good enough and like dogs. More than a dozen players from the 2020 roster liked the post. Michael? Is this white, is this white privilege? <laughs> it, yes. I mean, most it, things, it's, it's a lot of things. It's a most lot. Most things are. Let's just get. Most things are. I can't imagine. Let's just pick a black name out. Of, let's pick the name. I don't know. Brian Flores. <laughs> Brian Flores led them to the first two winning seasons in the last 20 years of Miami. He got fired. We'll talk about Flores later. Don't worry. <laughs> this motherfucker went six and seven, put on D and D in Mexico. I'll holler at you when I get back. Heard rumors he was going to get fired, told him, kick rocks, I ain't going nowhere, I'll see y'all when I see y'all. And he kept his job. I, for one, if there's a lesson here to be learned, America, listeners, I know there's some national shout out to you. Guys, I'm wrong about a lot of stuff. That's the lesson, is that I didn't think this was, it's the Dave Chappelle, I didn't know I couldn't do that. It it really is. <laughs> I, I didn't should know never cross my mind. <laughs> it didn't feel optional, but apparently it was because Brian Harris is going to come back for at least two games next year, and we'll see how long that actually lasts. Now, let's talk about something I know you were aware of, I know you were plugged into, the Super Bowl. And the name of this podcast is Season Finales, because they can always be hit, miss, or, you know, somewhere in between. Did you watch? You watched Boba Fett. We're not going to spoil, I promise. Of course I did. <laughs> How did the finale land for you? Were you happy with the finale? Were you sad? Were you wanting more? Just a, a general range of emotion. How did you feel? Look, I'm in a place where, like, I'm not dissecting this show. I'm a mm. longtime Star Wars fan. Like, I'm just along for the ride. I'm enjoying it. Like, I, if, I, if, I may, if I may, if I may, yeah. my reaction is Super Bowl. I'm not in okay. a place where I'm going to nitpick this. I'm a longtime football fan. I'm just trying to enjoy it. That's how I felt about the Super Bowl. What you just said is how I felt. Because I'm this is my 37th year. I'll be 37 in July, which is horrifying. But it's the first time I can remember being like, game's aight. 
And it was a good game. Like, but the thing is, this is also the first time in my 37th year that the world decided that I had enough money to be catered to. We'll talk about the halftime show shortly. But I'm talking commercials too, man. They got Zach Raff and Donald Fagan Donald Fa- singing about T-Mobile's hotspots. Look, every Meadow commercial. Soprano, Meadow Soprano driving an electric Chevy truck. What are we doing? And going to the restaurant where her father was murdered. Like, what was that? That was gross and weird. <laughs> Some onion rings. Med. What? No. Um, but yeah, man, we are now in the age bracket of they think we've got money, which is an interesting place to be. Did you? What Wait. was the commercial that made you feel most catered to? It, I don't know. Like early on, there's just some point where I'm like, is every celebrity someone from something that I watched when I was like much younger? Like, why are we doing this? It, it was very odd and kind of off-putting. Like, we're not the target demo. We're not the 25, 35 anymore. You gotta realize but, that those were never the target demo. Well, yeah. But they had Tom Petty on stage because 35 year olds were rocking the Tom Petty. The 45 year olds rocking the Tom Petty. And what was funny during the broadcast was watching people be like, hey, man, it's nice that they have commercials aimed at young people. And then watching those people realize what had actually happened. Yes. <laughs> we, all, we all got very old very quickly. Um, let's talk about the game, I guess, for a second. What did you think of the game? Were you surprised by anything? Was anything any huge takeaways for you as more casual football fan? I mean, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I had to root for the Rams because many things, you know, all the Georgia people, uh, Odell finally getting out of uh, Cleveland and being utilized. I can, do, I can do two hours on Baker Mayfield, but we're not going to because he's not involved. But, man. It was, it was um, a little closer than I thought it would be, but, you know. Mm-hmm. What what I thought was interesting was people like I guess and this is me being a curmudgeon and this is why the podcast got angry when I was by myself. Um, I saw a lot of people being like, well, the story all week was they couldn't block that defensive line, and lo and behold, that's what happened at the end of the game. The NFL scripts it. It's like no, largely football makes sense. Like largely, the logic's gonna bear out. If you go into that game saying they can't block these four, and then you watch the first half and you're like. Oh, they largely bottled them. And then you watch Raheem Morris decide, okay, now we're going to do fun shit. Throwing in twists, shading Aaron Donald over the field, putting overloading on the entire side so you couldn't slide to help Aaron Donald. Like, the things he was doing on a, on a granular football O-line that's annoying level was so cool. Before you look at the stat, that was the most – so the way they, they measure pass rush is pass rush accessory. And the higher the percentage, the less effective your pass rush was. The pass rush success rate for the Rams, or for the um, Bengals, excuse me, was 12%. It was the lowest number of anyone in any game this season, and they played 17. So, How are people, like, saying it was scripted? Like, two games ago, wasn't Burrow sacked, like, nine times? I mean, <laughs> this is not that question. This is, don't ask logic behind these questions. Just know that people are dumb and don't talk to them. Also, let me do this for the listeners out there. And I may be late. I know I'm recording on Wednesday night. It's all going on Thursday. Because they're talking about on television doesn't make it real. Oh. So they created the situation where they've got to fill these airwaves. They, they, they said, we're going to do football. We're going to do sports all the time. And eventually, we're going to do football all the time. And they realized that a day after a game like this, there's really not a lot to talk about. No one really is the GOAT. No one's really to blame except for Eli Apple. Um, 
And well, they had a week of Super Bowl coverage and time to fill, so they had to do something. But even afterwards, after the game, when they're telling you, is Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer? Whoa, what? Why are we having that conversation at all? Let's have the holy shit he survived Detroit. Detroit ate up Barry Sanders. Detroit ate up Calvin Johnson. Detroit was going to eat up Matt Stafford. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, he never elevated things there, yada, yada, yada. You cannot give John, Jim Caldwell credit for the successful years in Detroit and then say Matt Stafford had no, Matthew Stafford had nothing to do with it. I mean, Those it really should have just been holy shit, Aaron Donald, like well, for an hour. That's that's the appropriate reaction to the Super Bowl. That's what I was doing at the Super Bowl. Um, like, but, you know, I don't think I've ever seen like I'm used to seeing certain positions be clutch, but I don't think I've ever seen like I don't know. I mean, I'm a casual football person, so there like, we go. <laughs> seeing him uh, prevent the first down on what the third down, and then third on the fourth short. down hit to Burrow, like <laughs> amazing. He put amazing. Burrow in a spin cycle, and it was it was weird to me because like yes, I was cheering for the Rams. There's a lot of bulldog over there. It's the year of the dogs. I've talked about it. I like Joe Burrow. I like Joe Burrow. I like the way he carries himself. I like his relationship with Chase. I like his other receivers on the team. And everyone's saying, oh, they're an O-line away, like an O-line's easy to get. Um, I do want to say this. There's no guarantee they'll be back. So Bengals oh, no. fans, you know, Dan Marino never made it back. And I it's like sports. Joe Burrow. He ain't no fucking Dan Marino. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not even sports. It's football. Because you look at basketball, like, you get there. I think it's, what, what, eight teams have won titles since 1984? Like, Basketball, if you're if you're going to be in that upper echelon, you can hang out for a while. Football, hope no one got hurt. Like the way the reason the Bucks won last year is because they got healthy at the right time. Their team got healthy as the season went on. The reason the Rams run is because they said, "Fuck it, let's sign everyone." And even when people get hurt, they lose the safety. They send Eric Weddle off the street, who tears his shoulder in the first quarter and plays the rest of that ball game with one arm. Yeah, it's. Having drafted all world type uh, talent in Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup, it's have acquired other all world talent in Jalen Ramsey and and Odell Beckham, and then acquired pretty good talent in Matt Stafford. I'm a Matthew Stafford apologist. I'm not gonna tell you the Hall of Famer. I will tell you this: as a live person with my own two eyes, the hardest I've ever seen a football throw in my entire life is Matthew really? Stafford. I've never. It's so I took my I took dad to the Masters, I guess God, almost 10 years ago now. Oh, more than 10. Oh, we're old. And we spent the day following Tiger. It was a Friday round. We watched Tiger all day. Watching the ball leave off Tiger's tee, it, it, it leaves the tee different than other players. That's how I felt about watching Matt Stafford throw deep balls. It, it, it just hits different. And so when people say, oh, he never got what he didn't do in Detroit, I'm like, look, it's Detroit. It's the most poorly, one of the most poorly run organizations in sports, which actually makes what Burrow did in the Bengals even more impressive. I'm not sure they have a good coach. I'm not sure they have a great defense. I'm not sure I know their offensive line is bad. But I do know one thing. <laughs> when they were playing Kansas City and they went down at a half, it means a lot to look to your left, to look to your right, and see the quarterback isn't shook. That's a thing. There are certain teams in this league, Vikings, Arizona, who got in pressure situations and watched their guy get shook. 
and I make fun of quarterbacks as they're quarterbacks. They're tall kickers. They're not real football players. But they are, by position, the leaders of the team. So if your leader says, oh, I'm getting killed by the Chiefs, so switch the points. Like, that's going to give you different taste in your mouth going out there on the field. And I just want to say this. I haven't even just say this. The reason, yes, I do think um, Mahomes played a terrible second half. But what the Bengals did was they didn't have uh, – they had one elite pass rusher, but everyone else was keeping good lane integrity. So when you'd see uh, uh, Mahomes do, like, the spinny stuff and, like, the run around stuff, they stayed disciplined. They stayed in their lanes, and they attacked the far shoulder. I would say attack the far shoulder because you attack the near shoulder. That is shoulder that jukes you. Attack the far shoulder. Don't get out of your skis. Maintain your run. Control yourself when you're running, and you make those sacks. You saw what happened with the Bengals and the Chiefs. You saw what happened against the Rams, who had a better offensive line, one. And two, had a quarterback who ain't doing all that shit. Go look at the stills of any drop back from Matthew Stafford. It's the cleanest pocket. He could have had to skip it. One, two, <laughs> four, five. Throw. He could have done that shit. Like, that's how, that's how big the talent gap was for me in this game. But when you saw Olo back and go down early, and you realize that they don't have their tight end, and that the other tight end, the backup, who had caught two balls all year, was on the sideline of the entire game with an injury, it makes what the Rams did even more impressive, even against the level of competition, in my opinion. Mike, you ready to get super old? Uh, sure. Let's do it. The halftime show was that shit, dog. Like, ah. Everybody, I'm not saying it's more than it was. It wasn't a symbol of la it was just fun. Yeah, I'm not here yeah. to be the only halftime show that made me want to do something different with my life are Prince and Beyonce. And this didn't achieve that height, but it was damn close. Cause man, look, I love that the set's white, Mary J and all white, all the men in all black. Snoop's out here in a custom blue do rag sweatsuit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Snoop Scott Snoop. So, so, you know, there's a, uh, there, there's a dress code. I'm wearing blue, dog. But I'm saying, like, we're trying to go for blue. Kendrick got here with uh, 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 Hamilton Crip Walking. I don't, the whole Kendrick. thing was a great, what was that? Kendrick's part was, was fantastic. The whole thing, the whole thing was fantastic. Eminem kneeling was weird. Um, but I just enjoyed it all. I enjoyed every second of it. I know I'm old. I know it makes me old. It makes you wash. Whatever. 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 Um, the only downside, and I don't know if they rehearsed this or if it was like a, you should be upside down, 50, at the last second. Man had no breath control upside down. <laughs> he was, like, I was like, did y'all just make sure you could do like, get upside down and then not do a run through at all? Because that situation, I'm like, yo, roll the, roll the, the ad lib, roll the dub. Like, it was just, let him lip sync and pose upside down because this rapping shit is going to wear him out. And it did. Um, beyond that, I'm not going to say anything else because y'all get mad when I tell the truth about Mary J. Blige. So. Leave her alone. I didn't say I, 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 I pointedly said I'm not going to say it. What did, what did I do wrong here? <laughs> what, was I wrong? And should I? I don't know. I'm not going to dig into it. Um, other news around the league. Mike, I know a lot of people have been sad about this, but I don't think he'll be one of those people. Tom Brady's fucking retired. Yep. 
About time. And I know a lot of people are out there telling you guys, and you've seen all the every white dude from the Northeast has given you a page on what Tom Brady means to him. Welcome to the Haters Guide to Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady has a child out of wedlock that lives across the country. Dominated from Antonio Cromartie. Tom Brady was saluted for his inability, his, his standing up to the man during the flake game. They spent a billion dollars on some footballs, but we can't get what happened in the uh, Washington football team investigation. Hmm, interesting. I forgot about that hat either, Tom. And the last thing, the reason I really don't like Tom Brady, and it's not about on field because that was a fumble. And if that was a fumble, this never should have happened. Talking about the tuck rule, which is 20 years ago. God damn it. Tom Brady is the worst teammate in NFL history, Mike. That's a big claim. It's it's a fair claim. Because what's the bigger team than the team you're on? The team of the players union. The team of our union. And so when you see people say, oh, look, Tom Brady took less money to make his team better. Nah, dog. The job of the man at the top of the salary structure is to push it up for everyone. You think baseball's union would let you take less money to better your team? Absolutely not, because it's not about the team. It's about us. And Tom Brady is a billion-dollar wife, and it doesn't matter. It's, he's literally their fun money. Meanwhile, I've been with people saying, like, you think his quarterback deserves all this money? If Tom Brady had started it, we wouldn't be having these bullshit conversations and having to pretend that I don't listen to you guys say coded things about um, Dak Prescott that I may or may not agree with. But the way you do it on the offices of, do they deserve this money? Isn't that your money? The fuck do you care? Again, this was an angrier podcast. That's why Mike's here. You know who else is I gone, just... Mike? You know who else is gone? Who? Sean fucking Payton. And in case y'all <laughs> thought I wasn't going to dance to some St. Graves, it took y'all the best coach in your franchise's history and a franchise-defining quarterback to win one. Back, baby. Y'all going back to the, the can't go back all stars. Y'all going back. Taysom Hill. Yo, Sean Payton gave Taysom Hill all that money. It was like, not a problem anymore. Peace. And got the fuck out. I love it. I love everything about it. This has uh, been a lot of hateration and holleration. I'm a little surprised for me. I really don't like Tom Brady, and I really don't like Sean Payton. So, yes. Well, I mean, Saints. That's understandable. Yeah, Saints. Tom Brady, I mean, 23. Fuck him. Um, forever. Yeah, go ahead and just, that, that's how I feel. Um, Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. Yeah, I mean, we knew that was coming. Most, most valuable pandemic man. Um, he should have, I guess. He, he, he's good. He's great. He may not be in Green Bay next year, but because they promised him they'd let him leave, but doesn't look like he's leaving, so he's probably going to be in Green Bay, Green Bay next year. Um, it's just interesting to me. I think that there's a lot to do about nothing, about his lying to everyone, because nothing was ever going to change. He was always going to win the MVP, even after missing those games. And he still didn't have the fucking shot. You know what did change today, Mike? I take it back. Shailene Woodley ended the engagement. <laughs> 
Oh, really? Or or the engagement was ended. I don't know who ended. But I imagine Granola Bar Girl was like, wait a second. Why are all these people agreeing with you? You said we can agree disagree. I, we can agree disagree. Why are these people agreeing with you, Aaron? Yeah, I thought they had the uh, comfortable. We can have different uh, dog. That was that. So so free game, listeners. I don't know how many pieces of advice you got tonight. Here's another one. Anyone who says that is one super white and two <laughs> a liar. Because eventually she's gonna come up. Right? Hold on, hold on. I'm not crazy. I think crazy would be getting married and being like, we don't agree on vaccines. That'd be crazy. I'm not crazy. to disagree. <laughs> agree, disagree on, like, ah, well, I'm not going to, this, you heard the insanity check. The whole thing's gone crazy. Um, other NFL news that I, the, the reason this is happening so much later than it originally happened is because the Brian Flores lawsuit happened. And for someone who worked in the NFL, for someone who has been paying attention to these problems for a while, it was a frustration level that I wasn't comfortable sharing with the world. Because none of these problems are new. We have the Rooney Rule because Johnny Cochran sued the NFL in the early 2000s. That's why we have it. And just like every other rule designed to make white people act right, they found ways around it. Because they don't want to, in fact, act right. And I love the, the macroeconomic spin Bo always puts on it by Money Jones. He says, what doesn't make sense is you're limiting your pool of applicants, increasing your chances on picking a bot. If you increase that pool, it also, because it's a larger number, increases your chances of picking not a bum. Well, when the pool stays small and it's the same bums being recycled and some sort of bum off, or you're hiring guys because they stood next to Sean McVay, and like, if Sean McVay is a hero and a genius offensively, why are the Vikings hiring his offensive coordinator? Pedigree? Isn't that the big thing? It in, uh... sounds to me like they hired a clipboard guy. Like, hey, Kevin, hold my clipboard. I'm going to go coach the rest of the team. Sure thing, Sean. Like, that's am – I, am I crazy? That schism is a hell of a drug, you know. That schism is a hell of a drug. Um, Flores lawsuit. What's interesting about this is that nothing substantive will change due to, about race here, ever. White people here really want to hire these white men who you can't tell shit to are billionaires like – this isn't 20 years ago where the ownership class wasn't billionaires. And the B means a lot. Because at the M, you've kind of got to pay attention to what people say about you. At the B, Jerry Jones can say glory hole and no one gives a shit. And that's been the big differentiation for me because the biggest thing to come out of the Flores lawsuit is not about opportunity or equity or ability to rise in the ranks. It is the fact that he accused Stephen Ross of giving him money to throw games. We talked about the sanity check. You should check that out, main feed, I see. But we talked about the fact that from our childhood, Mike, this entire world of keep gambling away from sports has transformed into, did y'all see how much money they're making off of us that we're not getting a cut of? And now every sports league's in bed with gambling. 
which is a problem when Steven Ross is purchasing one of these gambling partners the same time he's offering his coach to throw games. The easy answer is no one actually cares about the results of these games. They're going to watch no matter what. That's fair. I can't argue with that. But I can't say this. You're asking the audience and the viewing spending public to a lot to pretend that they are. Let's say your main goal is no longer football. Now it's gambling. Cool. It's hard to entice people to invest in a product they can't trust. It's hard. It's tough. And the situation that, and the fact that Roger said it during Super Bowl Media Week that, that we can't, we've looked into it and we can't remove an owner for cause, that should scare the shit out of Stephen Ross. I hope. It should also scare the shit out of the, the Washington Commies, which is what I'll always be calling them now, the Washington Commies owner, Dan Snyder. For those of you who are late or just new to the podcast, first of all, welcome. Second of all, I yell a lot about Dan Snyder because I think Dan Snyder is a reprehensible human being. We're not going to yell about all the things, reasons why he's a bad person, just do the most recent ones. So the investigation into the sexual harassment and toxic at work environment of the Washington football team resulted in somehow John Gruden getting fired and nothing else really happening because they specifically asked the report not be written down. They've done a lot of covering and obfuscating, but I want everyone to realize the NFL agreed to this. Like, this is not something that snuck by the league office. They were like, you cool, we cool, it's cool. And then Congress got involved. And reporters got a hold of some of the testimony. And now they're going another investigation, this time headed up by the NFL and not by the Washington football team. And Mike, by the time you move back to D.C., you maybe have a new owner in town. That would be nice. You won't, won't be nice because the so this is weird. So you don't follow football like I do, but you do live in DC. Do you know who the rumor who it's been rumored is going to get the team? No. Well, it's the same guy who owns the publication that's been taking shots at Dan Snyder. Really? The lead investigative body in this has been the Washington Post. It's impossible to talk about this without divorcing the fact that Jeff Bezos one wants a football team and two. Owns the fucking post. Yeah, it's all gross. Yeah. No, I can't. It gets grosser. Al Michaels on Sunday night didn't say it on television, but the rumor is his contract with NBC has expired. Uh, Amazon recently acquired the exclusive rights for Thursday Night Football next year, and apparently they're bringing him in to call their games at the tune of $11 million a year. Ooh. At 77 years old. I say that to say this. There were rumors after the Super Bowl that Sean McVay, who is, full disclosure, the class back of Mike and I at a rival high school from ours in Atlanta. The rumor is he wants to settle down, raise his family. He saw his grandfather do this and watch him run into the ground. He says, I don't want to be, he said to me, I don't want to be coaching at 60. If I'm Sean McVay and I've got that special kind of white guy, people like me charisma, why wouldn't I, let's say he's making, let's say just coach's salary is not public. Let's say he's making eight. Why wouldn't you make 16 and work one day a week and just do TV? The thing here now, what I hope is happening is that he's using the leverage he has from being 
this young and having gone to two Super Bowls and won one to change the idea of what you can pay a coach. Because if the TV money says 15 and the NFL money says 18, that may be enough to get me to go back to the NFL. But if the NFL money says nine and the TV money says 16, I might just talk about you on Sundays. But I say all that and say this because the stuff around the sport is gross. The football itself, Sunday, was a hell of a lot of fun. You ready for the my favorite transition of all time? Hit me. So, 18 months ago, or more than that, 24 months ago, let's just say easy two years, Cody Rhodes left the WWE. <laughs> no, no, it starts back further. I'll take it back. It starts back way further. It starts when Dusty Rhodes, baby, decided to take his talents to Vince Senior, Vince Jr., excuse me, and join the WWE. When he joined, he'd already been the NWO champion. He took titles all over the world. But he gets to the WWF at the time, and Vince puts this motherfucker in a black bodysuit with white yellow polka dots and says, I bet you can't get over, pal. And because he's Dusty Rhodes, of course he gets it over. But that's always stuck with Dusty. It's like kind of the way he was treated because he came from outside. Cody gets to WWE. First, second generation superstar. They, they adopt him. Eventually, he ends up in the lower mid card wearing a, a, a similar gimmick to his father's called Stardust. He ends up, as the contract expires, he leaves. He and his wife leave. They go on a tour of the world. They wrestle with New Japan. They wrestle in Ring of Honor. And eventually, on a dare, they throw a big mega show in the middle of country, Chicago, called All In. And the ashes of All In rose AEW. Now today, a legitimate contender and uh, threat to the WWE's wrestling stance, if not their entire multimedia conglomerate. Cody was a, the first EVP. He was one of the first hires. He helped build this thing. Well, six weeks ago, Cody cut a promo in the ring, said, I am working without a contract. We're negotiating backstage, but we're not there yet. I'm working on the handshake deal, not even on payroll. And everyone thought it was a work. This week, Cody, AEW, and Brandy announced that they'd be parting ways. And the rumor has been flying around that Cody Rhodes is headed back to WWE. He left, increased his value, and is now returning. After leaving the thing that he helped build, James Harden forced his way out of Houston in the last. 13 months by wearing like a fake fat suit and basically having the entire team openly try to fight him. Benagles his way to Brooklyn. Teams that was old buddy Kevin Durant and his weird friend Kyrie. And they played 16 games together. I mean, the second round of the playoffs, James Harden plays on one leg. Cam Durant can't Superman their way to a finals. This season, it's not what James Harden signed up for. He thought he'd be able to you know, take some miles off his legs after everything in Houston. And to be fair, when he was out there with those other guys, or just one of those other guys, he was it was a different player than Houston. He's a much more willing passer. None of this dribble for 80 for 18 seconds and make something happen. It was a legitimate offense, legitimate movement. 
if I'm James Harden and this dude won't get a shot, like James Harden's on camera saying, I'll, I'll object to myself. Talking about Kyrie. And then you get to the trade deadline, and now all these rumors are flying, and James Harden is telling the Lewis Philly, he be telling New Jersey, Brooklyn, Jesus. <laughs> it's so it's that's not that's not on me. That's because I'm old. Um, says no. If there's a problem, I'll let you know. Day before trade deadline, he says, hey, I'd really rather be in Philly. Make a deal happen. He goes to Philly. Mike. And this is also with the new knowledge that they missed the signing deadline for his to sign the um extension so he technically doesn't have a deal going in next year <laughs> if i'm philadelphia and i've got a player who's riding a heater to the point where he is one of the best players in the league again this year possibly mvp candidate and joel Embiid, it's obviously a win for them because they took a zero they took a, a zero number and turned it into james hart Ben Simmons was injured. Ben was never going to play for you again. We'll talk about that in a second. James Harden came out there to play basketball. He can at least give you that. Do you feel at all confident he's going to be happy there in eight months? Uh, no. Not really. Okay. I felt that was an easy question. I'm going to ask you a basketball question because you and I are both nerds, but you're no more on basketball than I do. What's James Harden sandbagging or is it over? A little bit of both. Because I think he's hit the iris in a wall where you were special because of your unique talents. And at a certain age, they'll start to fail you. You know who else hit that wall this year? Russell fucking Westbrook. I mean, you got to adapt your game as you age. Uh, and when you go to play you. with the <laughs> potential MVP. But the thing is, he's not being brought in to change the way he plays. He's not just being brought to Philadelphia. He's being brought to Philadelphia by the guy who loves him possibly more than his mother, <laughs> Aaron Mori, who continually hitches his wagon to James Harden because, to be fair, Mori was right when the rest of us were wrong. He looked at the bench of someone else's team and said, that's a star. And he was fucking right. Like, I don't want to take anything away from Daryl Mori. I think he's making a massive miscalculation on who he's attached himself to. But the original, like, hey, I think that guy's got it. He was right. We were all wrong. Hand up. It was on us. But now, like, Daryl, like, at a certain point, does loyalty truly serve you? I don't know. It's going to be an interesting fit. And now, if I'm Doc Rivers, I'm looking around for D'Antoni's. I'm checking everyone's phone for D'Antoni calling people. <laughs> like, this is not, Daryl Moore is not going to, okay, we'll see. Because you and I both know how Doc does, folks. And all it takes is one more of those situations for them to be like, we're going to go a different direction, Doc, and bring an old buddy. When it happens, let them know I told you so. Let's talk about Ben Simmons. Um, all the haters who want to say, and I'm not saying haters the way we all say haters. I mean, actual people who are hating on this young man who say, look how happy he is now that he's out of Philly. Hey, man, you ever been in a place that actually negatively affected your mental health? Do you think leaving would make it better? Yeah. Don't be an asshole. Do you think he's going to be a good fit in Brooklyn? Honestly, I have no idea. I mean, I, I don't know what we're getting. I don't know let's, what I'm actually being. Let's say we're getting what people say that we're going to get. A slasher who can kick, 
They've got shooters now, Seth Curry, Joe Harris allegedly coming back eventually. KD is going to come back after the All-Star break. Do you think that that's a fit? Because I'll be honest, I'm one of those people, I think you and I are in the same camp here. I've never seen it with, with Ben Simmons. I don't get it. I, I Everyone tells me how good he is. I watched him in college, not make the NIT at LSU. I watched him in the NBA, not do anything. I watched him not shoot in the fourth quarter of the last four games of that playoff series. And I know there's a lot of stuff going on. Ramona Showboard's reporting about the family stuff back in Australia. All harrowing stuff that would weigh on a young man's mind. I respect and understand all of that. I've never seen something on the court that told me that this was the piece that the Nets were missing. Ever. I've seen tall Tony Allen. I mean, he's a bit better than that, but... I prove it. Prove it! Tony Allen shot threes. He spaced the floor. Tony Allen made a Western Conference Finals. All true. All true. I don't he know. You wouldn't play next to him. No, he's tall Tony Allen to me. I'm not saying this for anyone else, but for me, this is light-skinned tall Tony Allen. I don't know what y'all talking about, baby. Tony Allen's got a ring. Tony Allen's a champion. This dude ain't no champion. And I'm not speaking about his mental well-being. I don't I don't care. I'm talking about on the floor. I've never seen what makes him so unique and special. If, if I'm wrong, dude, if I'm flat out wrong, fucking tell me. Like, tell me the things that he does at such an elite level that the not shooting part doesn't matter. I think the trade wasn't horrible for Brooklyn. I think Seth will stretch the floor. He's a pretty good point guard. Uh, you get good defense in Simmons. And, you know, if he is the, like, good slasher that he was at one point, then, you know, that will relieve some pressure from – I mean, you, I think it will be decent. I don't okay. know if it... I'm fine. I'm, dude, I'm fine with that. I'm legit. This isn't me being obtuse or trying to be a jerk. I'm legitimately curious because for, for my money, the best thing that the Nets did was get Harden out of there. They got someone who didn't want to be there out of there. And they were able to add someone who did want to be there. Um, and I'm not willing to say that Harden was the problem. I do think the bigger problem there was Kyrie. Because, like, the stories that are being leaked out about why Harden wanted to leave, and it's very funny – when a guy has no agent, you know where the leak came from. Because apparently what Harden had been doing was he was calling agents he knew in the league and asking them for advice on what he should do. Should he wait? Should he push for the trade now? What should he do? And when you're not paying someone to not talk, the stories are going to get out. And I know James Harden's not dumb. So I, in my opinion, this was a leverage play all along. He was always going to do this. You wouldn't know what the stories look if he wasn't going to do it. But for me, that's the net is positive for the Nets, if you will, is that they remove someone who didn't want to be there and place them with someone who did. Basketball, we'll see how it turns out. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you the happiest person this trade happened is every other team in the East. Because those 16 <laughs> games were terrifying. <laughs> it's the most horrifying theoretical NBA team of all time. But Harden mentioned in the, in the leaks, he said, Dog, we're playing in Cleveland, and this dude is saging the court in Cleveland. And maybe, maybe, Kyrie does that everywhere he goes. The only time this made the news are Boston and Cleveland, both places where he failed. What's the current, what's the common denominator of those two places, Mike? Is it Kyrie? Hmm. 
Now, we all know Kyrie's not one for introspection. But I would say that if you keep having the spread sage places you were, I want to ask some questions. Maybe you're the unsage one. I don't speak Hotep. I don't know what the word terminology should be, but you know what I'm trying to say. It all came to a head in the All-Star Draft, where in case you're not aware, they've, stopped, they've scrapped the East-West formats, and now they have captains who pick teams. It's a lot more like a pickup ball. Funny story, I looked into this. The NHL did this for a year and a half and then stopped because players were getting their feelings hurt. The NBA famously says, fuck your feelings. We're going to laugh at you on television. Because <laughs> the last two picks, was it, was it Rudy? Yeah. Uh, you and I talk about Rudy enough in our in real life, not on the microphone. I'm not going to do that now. But it, was, it came down to Rudy and James. And it came down to Kevin Durant's pick. And Kevin Durant tried to play it straight. I appreciate the effort, but he was like, I need some size, man. They got all that they got LeBron over there. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Rudy Gobert. Dog, the way people talk about Rudy Gobert, that makes that the funniest pick in all-star history. He was and the last pick last year. <laughs> <laughs> He's only last pick this year because Kevin wasn't going to pick James Harden. Neither one of them playing. Kevin and James Harden they play him, but he still couldn't pick him. I, the petty, oh, and dear Lord, if I can get Brooklyn and Philly in round two, I'd really appreciate that. Oh, that would be mic them up, mic them up. Kyrie not playing at home. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Dog, I'd want to leave too if this Sage dude wasn't was a part-time player. Sage and cards. I, I, you get me out of here too, man. I'm. I'm not saying Jim Tarn was right. Mm. He's saying he was wrong. You can't make me. Can't make me. I won't do it. Um, last two things we're getting out of here. Are you watching the Olympics at all? No. Um, neither am I. Uh, we're not, I'm not watching it for lots of reasons. Uh, among them are the fact that, you know, you know, human rights abuses, like, horrible horrible ones are happening and i'm not sure that my eyeballs matter at all but i'd rather not give them to them so here we are um and lastly are you ready for there not to be baseball this year <laughs> you know what i just learned about the work stoppage so clearly i've been paying a lot of attention to the mlb we're in day 78 their sixth proper session it's happening on Thursday, uh, February 17th. And I don't, I guess pitchers and catchers were supposed to report today, the 16th. That clearly didn't happen. And now we play the waiting game to see if there's going to be baseball season. And if not, then the last champions you ever had were the Atlanta Braves. And you have to live with that. You just sit there oh. and really own it. Am I now rooting for uh, a strike? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm indifferent. I don't care. I, I'm over like, ah, burn it down, spirit. Who cares? Um, but this has been fun. This has been good. I'm glad to get all this off my chest. It's good to have these conversations with someone else that I'm not just getting mad at myself on a podcast. Mike, do you have anything you want to leave the people with? Any, any parting shots, parting words? NBA All-Star Weekend. Oh, my God, I forgot. So you, you've got all these notes. What's happened? What's changed? What am I going to get into? Because you know this. I'm telling the listeners. This is my favorite weekend in sports. And since the WWE is doing a show over there where I ain't going to watch it, um, this is all I got this weekend. 
So I need you to hope. Give me hope. This is going to be good. Well, it seems like, I don't know, it seems like they switch up the format every year or every few years. Like the Rising Stars, now they got four teams and they're going to have like a mini tournament. There's like a, mm -hmm. teams are coached by Gary Payton, James Worthy, Isaiah, and Rick Barry. Uh, okay. You know, a little bracket there. Uh, the Skills Challenge is now uh, divided into three teams, Team Rooks, Team Kaz, and Team Antetokounmpo's. All mm. of Giannis and his brothers. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm here for this. I know, I know. But in, and then just, you know, the usual three-point contest, slam dunk contest, uh, and then the big game. And if you want to feel old, I'm sure if you check out the celebrity game, you won't recognize most of them. That is sad. Um, but that's exciting, though. That's a, that's a, that's a good all-star weekend right there. Um, yeah, I was right. The Elimination Chamber, which, oh, my God, they're putting the Elimination Chamber on Saturday. It's happening in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. So they, okay. they've signed on to do 10 of these shows or 20 of these shows over 10 years. They make more money per show in one of these shows and they do uh, like three WrestleManias combined. It's wow. just the grossest thing in the world and I can't watch it. And so I like there's a lot of dope shit in this card. Like if you watch, let me know how that Lita uh, Becky Lynch match goes. I would love to see Lita in a match at Mania. Too bad I'll never see her in this match because in a country where we know what happens, happens, the Elimination Chamber. And I, yeah, yeah, that's. Uh... I, I just can't like. It's, now it's not like oh we're doing this thoughtlessly because we're gonna make money. It's like let's throw it in their faces. Yeah, just really. Just, just how gross all this shit is. <laughs> oh, I hate it so very much. But I do love the NBA All Star Weekend. I love the NBA All Star Game. I'm excited for all the festivities this weekend. And if they ever make it back to Atlanta, I'm excited to be too old to go to parties. Uh, who who do you got? Team LeBron or Team uh, Durant? Um, okay, before uh, that's a good question. I'm taking Team LeBron because one of the captains is playing. One of them is. Um, but I'll say this. At a certain point, Mike, you and I won. The three frontrunners for the NBA MVP right now are in no particular order. Reigning MVP, Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Giannis. Big man. And <laughs> the revolution will not be televised because it's <laughs> going to happen in the mountain time zone. But <laughs> Jokic got us if no one else does. <laughs> All of a sudden, there are no guards at the top of this league, and I couldn't be happier. The pendulum swung back. I can't believe it happened. It's happened. It's happened like twice in our lifetime. I remember there was there was the mid nineties run with Elijah on and Shaq. Uh, sir. Where, where, no, where everyone was where everyone was grabbing a big man, but like everyone was. I'm I'm not saying they were the top of the league. I'm saying that everyone in the league was reacting to those two guys because there was no reacting to Jordan. It was like he's gonna score forty. Fuck it. Like it was like how do we stop the other guys? And so like. You had like those those clips of like Shaq air humping Eric Montross, like that's because they thought Eric Montross would stop it. Like they didn't just put out these guys just oh we're gonna get up these points. They're pulling out these big people to try to stop Shaquille O'Neal and they couldn't do it. And that's what we're gonna see now. That's what we're seeing. Let, let's not forget two-time MVP Tim Duncan. Big man. I, 
I wasn't I wasn't going to, but there was no answer for Tim either. He was just too good. Um relax relax tim duncan stan <laughs> lost my train of thought now it's probably for the best uh, i'm just gonna probably make fun of the little people some more i'll say this um i went to make fun of the lake the, the knicks for being the 12 seed right now in the east hawks at 10 so i can't talk shit but hopefully we're gonna push after this also rick see the hawks make the playoffs make a run and take advantage of some of this year chaos mike our over-unders are probably shot to hell do you have a way too early finals prediction no, this season has been so weird. All the, you know, like 10-day contracts, people being you. out with COVID. And I mean, none of this has panned out like I, I thought I'd, it would and when we did over. And that's why I feel confident in saying Buck Suns. Yeah, I mean, have, have, if anyone's watched Giannis this season, it, it's really hard to. I mean, he's just a force. Who's Who's stopping him? Uh, and that's the thing is I've seen everyone try. I watched the ball yeah. fail, and then I've watched him get better. I'm like, well, hold on, this isn't, this isn't actually. And then in Phoenix, Monty Williams, who I said should have gotten coach of the year last year, they're better this year. Just every time I watch, they lose, but they're better this year. I've watched like four Suns games, they've lost every one of them. I don't know what's going on, but I know for a fact they're a good team. I know for a fact they're better than last year. I want to see him run it back. Oh, and Stefan's shooting like he was at the beginning of the season, is he? All those Stefans get real quiet when he stops hitting, don't they? Look, you just love to hate yes. Steph. Yes. You yes. love to talk about their window yes. closing and yes. all these things. Uh, yes. Look, the way they shoot, it could turn around on a dime. Like, that's just the nature of. In the words of James Harden in game seven of that series, but what if it doesn't? Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Oh, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out to all of your listeners that uh, Daniel is now bought into heat culture, despite uh, his protestations previously. Our private conversations are private conversations, one. Two, I've been listening to a lot of Levitard show, and so I did get a little sucked into the Jimmy Butler of it all. I, I enjoy watching them play. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I... Damn. They're just a really hardworking team, and the culture surrounding the franchise is just. There's too nothing good. I can say that won't feed into the narrative you just put forth. So I'm going to end the podcast. That was your show. This is embarrassing. There is no outro. See you guys next week. You asshole. <laughs>